enough of that. Woohoo! We're back. Welcome back, pretty people. It is the sixth episode of Hard Talks Podcast. Pops. We're continuing our saga about the five most powerful families who just may rule the world. We'll finish learning about the fourth family in this cartel in this episode, part two, Conspiracies of the Rockefeller Clan. If you haven't listened to the last episode, I highly recommend it because I'm just jumping in here. You're going to get really lost if not, but oh, whatever floats your boat. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much. You guys look so good today. So good today, besties. <sighs> quick disclaimer really quick before diving down today's rabbit hole. Here at Hard Talks, we will treat all conspiracies as such since most have never been confirmed or denied. <laughs> However, that said, <laughs> it's important to stay skeptical, friends, as the control that these banking families exert over the global economy and our governments cannot be overstated, and it's quite intentionally shrouded in secrecy. Bum, bum, bum. Their corporate media arm is quick to discredit any information exposing their private lives and agendas. That's why there's two sides to the media, two sides to every story, and a two-part episode on these guys. They've paid lots of money to put good information out there, to bury their dirty deeds and change public perception. They do say that 70% of the conspiracies we hear about turn out to be true, so... Like I like to say, just keep your minds open. Think unlimited with me here. And however you filter the following information is totally up to you. Jumping right in with our next descendant in the Rockefeller clan. I want to introduce to you Mr. John Davison Rockefeller Jr. Bam, bam, bam. Born July 1839. Unlike his father, Junior, Junior leaned towards the arts. He had a secret love for dance, but his mother forbid it during his younger years. He also suffered from severe anxiety. Junior had a very difficult time living up to his father's expectations and his legacy. And I mean, can you blame him? What a guy. But when his father died, he left a vast control of his empire to his only son, Junior. He had daughters, but... Junior was his only son. This was an immense pressure on Junior. So in his later years, he took a step back and handled the more philanthropic side of things, if you will, like the Rockefeller Foundation. Now, that's not to say that Junior was docile. He brought shame to the family name like no one before, not even his grandpappy devil, Bill. Okay? He was probably best known for the Ludlow Massacre and heading the population council until his death. Oh yeah, told you we're just jumping in. Let's talk about the population council really quick. <clears throat> I need a smoke for that. The population council, council is an international, air quotes, non-profit, non-governmental organization. This council conducts research in biomedicine, social sciences, and public health. And it's supposed to help grow research capacities in developing countries, but what they really do is up for debate. Many speculate this is why the Rockefeller name is involved in so many conspiracies surrounding, I don't 
know, like COVID and stuff. That they were part of this cabal who orchestrated the spreading of COVID and many other viruses because groups like these and their nonprofits like the Rockefeller Foundation fund most health studies and play a very big role in big pharma. Our medicine, their petroleum byproducts and such. <laughs> The Ludlow Massacre occurred April 20th, 1914. This was during the Colorado Coalfields War. You never heard of it? Well, that's not shocking. Miners were fighting for fair wages and living conditions because at this time, most of them were put up in these little mining towns and the working conditions were poor, to say the least. Okay? But it was to be expected. When you're working like a 17-hour day... Companies promise living quarters and accommodations for said employee and these families. But the owner of Colorado Fuel and Iron Company, who? Mr. John D. Rockefeller Jr., considered air quotes fair compensation for his employees and their families to be living in complete shambles. They wouldn't even pay them in American currency. They would pay them in CF&I Company general store bucks. So they could only spend their wages on site at their stores. It's literally like being given Monopoly money for working like 119 hours a week in the ground. Okay. It's not like you're working yourself to the bone, never sleeping, working a desk job or we're going to register. Oh, it's 1914. You're literally underground, basically sucking on a piece of coal and they have the audacity to give you fake money? I'm on the people's side with this one. I'd flip a goddamn table, and they did, okay? Miners started banding together, started striking Colorado Fuel and Iron Company, especially since the union was first established in 1861. So strikes are popping up everywhere in these mega corporations because, mm, let's be honest, the working conditions were appalling and they treated employees like garbage okay go read the jungle by g ram ram nathan i think that's his name for example okay may turn you vegan but yeah working conditions were god awful people losing limbs and shit okay strike on but their pushback was greeted by junior's tyranny because who do you learn from daddy (laughs) junior appeared before a u.s congressional hearing on the strikes completely denouncing any wrongdoing, declaring that these miners were nothing but a bunch of low-life criminals that were to be dealt with accordingly. Any air quotes accommodations that these miners and their families did have were then completely stripped away. Nearly 1,200 people were forced to stay in tents in kind of like a quick-fix concentration camp ordeal. No one was allowed to leave. The only people allowed in so happened to be soldiers from the Colorado National Guard and private guards employed by Colorado Fuel and Iron Company. Hmm. They attacked this tent colony, striking coal miners and their families down with a vengeance. Okay. Approximately 21 people were killed, namely women and children who couldn't fight back. And it was tragic. And here's another classic example of being able to Buy back public perception if you have the means. Okay. By this point, 
The public is asking for John D. Rockefeller Jr.'s head literally on a f***ing spike, okay? The Rockefellers were now deemed murderers of women and children, and they didn't have the best reputation before. Many believe that they orchestrated this attack. <clears throat> I mean, duh, who else would? This guy's the shot caller, right? The people were literally conspiring to murder Junior. Okay, so what does he do? Not what I expected. Uh, he totally goes against what he did in the first place and actually takes culpability of the issue, like most people. In another hearing, he states he had no idea mm -hmm. what was going to happen. And then he does something crazy. He wins back the people by making, purposely making a fool out of himself by starting to dance in public. Imagine the Monopoly man with a top hat and a cane, like doing a little tap hat, tap dance in court. <laughs> what the fuck? Looks like that secret love for dance finally pays off for him. And then what he starts doing is crazy. Starts infusing the miners' cause like there was no tomorrow. Or like there was no yesterday. <laughs> Suddenly, Junior's seen campaigning for fair mining wages and rights. Like, throw some money at him. Give us some time. Like, we're baking a freaking cake and all will be well. And it was. After a while, everyone completely forgot about the massacre in Ludlow. Junior would then go on to spend the rest of his life trying to redeem the family name covering up any wrongdoings, using their corporate media arm to smooth things over, trying to gain approval from his father before his death, death in 1937. Then Junior would get heavily involved in many seedy secret societies, pulling strings from behind the scenes, hiding behind the legal shields of good works, like with the Rockefeller Foundation in this case. He might have felt more comfortable behind the scenes and with this mask on because of that anxiety or something. Who's to say? Now, years back, J.D. established a couple of big things, the Education Board and the Rockefeller Foundation. These responsibilities fell to the family dynasty after Crazy Coop kicked off. Let's talk about the General Education Board, the GEB, really quick. It was established in 1903, and Sr. and J.P. Morgan were charged to develop the United States education curriculum based off the Illuminati's credentials and requirements alone. <laughs> and they really, they got rich for doing it for them. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. <laughs> its broad charter was to sponsor and support aid to education in the United States, quote, without distinction, race, sex, or creed end quote. But in that same breath, I believe it wasn't to teach anyone anything. I think it was aimed for control, to create an army of non-thinking low-wage workers. Okay. Rockefeller Sr. said himself, quote, I don't want a nation of thinkers. I want a nation of workers, end quote. Here's another quote just for shits and giggles. Quote, I never met a dictator I didn't like, end quote. That's from Junior's son, David Rockefeller. The nutty one. Talk about him. But see how things are turning? I think we can all agree that the U.S. Education Board needs a little revamping. It's a Freemason's approved retelling of our history. 
They don't teach us how to be valuable citizens in society by teaching us taxes. They don't teach us how to buy a house or a car. They don't teach us about interest rates, loans, stocks, investments, how to manage money in today's climate. No. They keep the poor poor and the rich rich and take away our middle class. Oh, but they still hand out fake babies and financial aid. I forgot. Why is it even called that? Excuse you. Or government. Well, we've made it so all genders can go to home economics or cooking class. Like, it's still so backwards. But the Rockefellers are still recognized for their substantial donations and support to many, most Ivy League colleges and universities. 75 in total. Okay? All the big guys you can think of, like Harvard, Dartmouth, Stanford, Yale, Cornell, Brown... Uh, a place that's in the Philippines, Central Philippine University. They helped create the Chicago School of Economics. Uh, there's Rockefeller University. And they support the China Medical Board. Like, what's that doing in there? Sounds super random. <laughs> Not by chance. Then, there's the Rockefeller Foundation in 1913. Rockefeller Foundation is an American private foundation in philanthropic medical research uh, and arts funding organization. Thanks, Junior. I mentioned Senior uh, was always, you know, into giving back, right? He instilled in his kids to always give back at least 10% of their wages, which seems great. But the whole thing, a lot of people deem as a tax write-off. And with that much money... I mean, I guess I could get on board. But the Rockefeller Foundation is actually the second oldest major philanthropic institution in America, right after uh, Carnegie, the Carnegie Corporation. Uh, by the end of 2016, its assets were tallied at a whopping $4.1 billion. Okay, that's a lot of untaxable cheddar. A lot. So, naturally, there have been a lot of conspiracies about this foundation. Despite donating more than $14 billion dating back from its inception. <laughs> Many believe the foundation has been used for a lot of good. Right? And I guess we, yeah, it has. But a lot of people think they've used it to cover up a lot of the family's naughty transactions. And that brings me to the Rockefeller's role in the Manhattan Project. In 1938 and 39 alone, the Rockefeller Foundation donated over $1.23 million in grants to the University of California Radiation Lab. Under the direction of the esteemed physicist Dr. Ernest Lawrence, they were to build uh, and operate a large cyclotron, the biggest in the world, in fact. Uh, I read that it was 184 inches in diameter. And if you never took physics like me, a cyclotron is a type of particle accelerator, which I'm not going to try to explain to you. You can Google it. But these suckers, in short, are super expensive to make. And the initial 1.23 milli just wasn't going to cut it. Dr. Lawrence had to request an additional $60,000 from the Rockefeller Foundation. But in doing so, he was met with a lot of pushback from other scientists, other departments, other administrators at Berkeley. And I really think it's because they started realizing what they were really building. But in the race against Germans, the war, 
foundation and our government leaders push scientists forward, uh, granting them an, that additional $60,000 grant. By the end of its construction, Dr. Lawrence fully understood that this could make a great super weapon. Inside this thing was a big ass 4,200 ton magnet that could be used to separate large quantities of uranium-235. Yay. Oh. Which could be used to build an atomic f***ing bomb. <laughs> because as we know, uranium makes things go boom. With glee, the US Department of Defense began to fight for this patent. And in great American fashion, shit, they wanted to get their hands on that magnet. And the richest, greediest dogs would win. And we know how that played out when they dropped them in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Between the Rockefeller Foundation funding the construction and DuPont Chemical supplying all the plutonium necessary, the two engineered the world's first nuclear bombs. In fact, Dr. Lawrence said himself, quote, if it hadn't been for the Rockefeller Foundation, there would have been no atomic bomb, end quote. They gradually get worse as we move on to the next pamper generation, so just wait. Let's talk about David Rockefeller, because this guy has so many conspiracies tied to him. I mean, how else do I describe this guy? <laughs> this guy was a twat. <laughs> There's no way to skirt around that. He has more conspiracies than any other Rockefeller. Born June 12th, 1915 in NYC. This dude lived to be a freaking 101 years old. And what is it with all these Rockefellers living to be so old? Senior died at like 97. I think his son was like 80. And then his son, 101. What the f***? David Rockefeller and other elites are held to be responsible for the promotion of Darwinism and the survival of the fittest. The idea that the best survive and this makes things better for all people in the grand scheme of things. I don't know, especially in business. But I'd believe this considering their low morale and monopoly takeovers and that they supported the idea of population control for generations. Coming up. He was the Rockefeller that had to pick up his father and grandfather's responsibility on the banking side, too. His ancestors helped create the Federal Reserve and the BIS. By this point, we know enough about the Federal Reserve. We don't need to go into excruciating detail. You know, we know to operate it, it requires 12 central banks. We know that these families own most of them. It's a private bank, not a nationalist one. And it still begs the question as to why the f*** is the U.S. government still getting their money from a private institution? But that's above my pay grade. <laughs> the Federal Reserve is accredited with financing all modern wars. Okay, I don't know if I've said that part before, but J.W. McAllister, an oil industry insider with House of Sod, wrote in The Grim Reaper, confirming 80% ownership of the New York Federal Reserve Bank by far the most powerful Fed branch is owned by just eight families, four of which we've now talked about. CPA Thomas D. Schaff corroborates McAllister's claims, adding that 10 banks control all 12 Federal Reserve Bank branches. Okay. Schaff lists William Rockefeller, Paul Warburg, Jacob Schiff, and James Stillman as the owners of the largest share of the reserve. And here's why. 
The Shifts are insiders at Kuhn Loeb. The Stillmans are Citigroup insiders who both married into the Rockefeller clan at the turn of the century. So the Rockefellers have two additional part shares in the Federal Reserve in addition to the two that they already owned. Senior Rockefeller and Junior Rockefeller went in on resurrecting the U.S. Treasury with J.P. Morgan and the Rothschilds in the Panic of 1907. So when the need for investors for central banking idea came afloat, the Rockefellers, they were quick to join in, you know. Despite the public's divided feelings on them, this was a good idea. And that's how they tie into the reserve. But here's something juicy we have yet to talk about. You ever heard of the BIS? Yeah, neither did I. The House of Rockefeller owns BIS, which stands for Bank of International Settlements. It's considered the most powerful bank in the world. I think we would know about it, but eh. Essentially, it's a global central bank for the eight families who control the private central banks of almost all Western and developing nations. So, a bank for our federal bank. <laughs> a bank for all the richies who own our bank in case, goddess forbid, they ever needed the bailing out. Smart. Notice these guys are always covered. I wonder who they're insured by. But they're in the best hands. Are you in good hands? BIS is owned by the Federal Reserve, Bank of England, Bank of Italy, Bank of Canada, Swiss National Bank, Niederlandsche Bank, Bundesbank, and the Bank of France. But then the BIS, like, owns our central bank. Very sus, this hierarchy is to me. Seems in check. Like, oh. They're the boss. But when you ask, they're like, oh, no, so-and-so's the boss. And I'm like, yo, they just said you were. And it's just like a big circle jerk. Yeah, this seems like that. (laughs) Anyway, historian Carol Quigley wrote in the epic book Tragedy and Hope that the BIS was part of a plan, quote, to create a world system of financial control in private hands, able to dominate the political system of each country and the economy of the world as a whole. To be controlled in a feudalistic fashion by the central banks of the world acting in secret agreements, end quote. <clears throat> Excuse me. Which seems fitting. You know, like this is where I should transition into all the secret societies and, and shit they were affiliated with. But oh no, not before letting you pretties know. The U.S. government had a historical distrust of the BIS because they didn't have any part in it. You know, they aimed to dismantle it since 1944 post-World War II Bretton Woods Conference. But these eight families who own it all, <coughs> the Rothschilds, were like, bitch, sit down. Instead, they created the IMF and the World Bank. The U.S. Federal Reserve only took shares in BIS in September of 1994. Okay. And now the IMF and the World Bank are vital to the Illuminati's world order. Ah. Woo! It's written BIS holds at least 10% of monetary reserves for at least 80 of the world's central banks, the IMF, and other multilateral institutions. It serves as a financial agent for international agreements, collects information on the global economy, and it does serve as a lender of last resort to prevent global financial collapse. So, there's that. 
The BIS promotes an agenda of monopoly capitalistic fascism. Okay. I think Nazis, but that's just me. Example, BIS gave a bridge loan to Hungary in the 1990s to ensure privatization privatization of that country's economy. It served as a conduit for the eight families who funded Adolf Hitler. See, that's why I said Nazis. It was led by the Warburgs, J. Henry Schroeder, and uh, Mendelish, Mendelishon Bank of Amsterdam. Struggling with these names. The family was a major funder of the eugenics movement, which spawned Adolf Hitler, human cloning, and the current DNA obsession in U.S. scientific circles. Many researchers assert that the BIS is at the head of global drug money laundering. Yeah. Drug money laundering. Uh, Davy Rockefeller is just in it to win it with all his handed down cookie jars and all the money and unchecked power in the world. Cool. Cool. It's no coincidence that the BIS is headquartered in Switzerland, favorite hiding place for the wealthy. It's also a funny coincidence, which I don't believe in those. <laughs> that the headquarters for the P2 Italian Freemasons Alpina Lodge and Nazi International are located nearby. Other institutions which the eight families control include the World Economic Forum, the International Monterey Conference, and here's the doozy, the World Trade Organization. Mm. Did you hear that last part? David Rockefeller was instrumental in the construction of the World Trade Center towers. Yeah, like the twin freaking towers. Hello? Huh. Makes you raise an eyebrow at some other tragic conspiracies if you know what I'm getting at, doesn't it? There actually are conspiracies stating that the Rockefellers premeditated or knew about the 9-11 attack and Twin Towers, but, you know, I know that's especially a sensitive subject still, so you guys can look into those if you want, but they are wild. And they are out there, you know? And on that note of wild, I have to bring up some extended family. Because so far I've painted a picture of mean old businessmen, but gosh, these conspiracies reach far more than your pockets. David Rockefeller and fam could be at the helm of some of the craziest world conflicts for generations now, really. This is where I introduce to you the duels. The duelies, duels, duelies. Duelies and the Rockefeller family are cousins. Like a black sheep cousin that no one wants to talk about. But more specifically, Alan Dooley's. He helped create the CIA. He assisted the Nazis. In fact, I have to say this. Standard Oil was booming during World War II because the Rockefellers were profiting from all sides of the war. Different type of war profiteering, not weapons, oil. David Rockefeller did not care how he was profiting, just that he was. He absolutely supported the Nazis in that way. I also read that this cousin, Alan Dooley's, allegedly helped orchestrate the Kennedy assassination and struck a deal with the Muslim Brotherhood to conspire and create brainwashed assassins. <gasps> this guy's, this guy's got a resume. Yeah. Like, <laughs> makes you think, is everyone in this family f***ing cutthroat? Jesus. Then there's Alan's brother, John Foster Dooley's. He presided over the phony Goldman Sachs Trust before the 1929 stock market crash. Well, that's crazy. Google that. 
But he also helped his brother overthrow governments in Iran, Guatemala. Both were Skull and Bones members, Council on Foreign Relations, CFR insiders, and 33rd Degree Masons. Ooh. Mention these cousins because the families shared the same beliefs on population control. See here, David Rockefeller was instrumental in forming a group called the Depopulation-Oriented Club of Rome at the Rockefeller family estate in Bellagio, Italy. And then again, the institution of the Trilateral Commission at their Pocanito Hills home, Pocantinko, I can't say that word, Pocantinko Hills home. David Rockefeller founded the Trilateral Commission in 1973, drawing the fire of conspiracy theorists across the globe. The initial aim of the original Trilateral Commission was to form an unofficial group of individuals to find solutions to some of the most common problems facing humanity. Think like world hunger and famine, etc. But whatever its initial aims were, (laughs) it ain't no more. Now it's no more than a globalist promotion program which pushes for more and more integration under a one-world government, right? They're just, like, taking in candidates each year, handpicking them, making them little David Rockefellers. (laughs) One of the trilateral-related conspiracy theories was that this group sought to reduce the population of New York to 4 million by, like, 2035 or something like that. And they wanted to put the majority of the world into concentration camps. So that sounds exciting. The Trilateral Commission is also accused of having a hand in weather manipulation, plagues, and of course, the fixing of election campaigns. Many powerful politicians were and currently are members of the Trilateral Commission. It's a very real thing. Okay, This commission is deemed to be no more than a front for the Council of Foreign Relations. CFR, another nefarious organization made up of powerful members of different countries. This is because over 90% of the Trilateral Commission members are also members of the Council of Foreign Relations. Coincidence? I think not. People also point out that the Rockefeller clan has attended every Bilderberg meeting since the first one held in 1954 in the Netherlands. David Rockefeller was a part of the core committee. He would be like the guy to put on the show or whatever, sometimes at least. This was their way of having a say in foreign affairs without officially being elected. And only 122 elite members attend. It actually changes each year, depending on the topic, like they'll bring in specialists. But some contest that these guys helped found the meeting. What they discuss in these meetings every year, we can only assume. Many think this is where they devise their world order. But I think it's more like a touch base, how's it going, considering most of these attendees are members of these other secret societies as well. I'm sure they meet multiple times throughout the year. The Rockefellers, like the rest, are allegedly one of 13 family bloodlines who founded the Illuminati. David Rockefeller himself said, quote, Some even believe the Rockefellers, my family, are part of a secret cabal working against the best interests of the United States. 
characterizing my family and me as internationalists, conspiring with others around the world to build a more integrated global political and economic structure, one world, if you will. If that's the charge, I stand guilty and I'm proud of it, end quote. Taken directly from the biography of David Rockefeller memoirs. David gave so little f***s, he didn't even try to deny that he was trying to take over the world. He's not denying the existence of the group or that they're up to no good. He's quoted saying again, We are grateful to the Washington Post, New York Times, Time Magazine, and other publications whose directors have attended our meetings. We respected their promises of discretion for almost 40 years. It would have been impossible for us to develop our plan for the world if we had been subject to the bright lights of publicity during those years. But now, the world is more sophisticated and prepared to march toward a world government. End quote. Freaking horror movie, right? The term New World Order comes up more and more these days, too. It's frequently used by politicians and heavily associated with international agreements, which have the stated aim to promote a new world order of peace and global stability. But those who disagree say that such arrangements are a thinly veiled effort to control international politicians and eventually the world in general, as all decisions will be centralized by one world government with one currency, one legal system, one culture, one education system, and one medical resume. Extreme versions of the New World Order conspiracy theory contend that the ultimate goal is to reduce the population of humanity to around 1 billion. They wish to maintain the population to increase available resources. The term New World Order has been used by practically all major politicians, including our current U.S. President Joe Biden, Trump, President Nixon, Russian and Russian President Putin in Macau, U.S. President Franklin Roosevelt, President George Bush, U.K. Prime Minister Tony Blair. It goes on. David Rockefeller actually responded to many of these conspiracy allegations over the years, especially on his deathbed, stating, quote, The truth is much more mundane, and anyone can subscribe to the Quarterly Magazine for $10 a year. End quote. <laughs> Like basically what you want to think, go for it. Keep making me rich. Like, really, he had so much money and power, he really could care less, that David. But that brings me to something. I think it's safe to assume that Davy Rockefeller was afraid of death because there's a lot of death, deathbed conspiracies. Truly, as I was going through my research, I had to keep checking my notes or a timeline to remember which Rockefeller I was talking about because the great thing about conspiracies is the mystery, right? Tales like to emulate the greatness of the first guy and make him seem like he lives forever by not distinguishing which one in history they're talking about. Because most in my research, authors don't distinguish which Rockefeller they're talking about at all. Like, was it Senior who died in 37 or Junior who died in 1960 or... David, who died in 2017, who done it? It was probably David Rockefeller because the guy lived to 101 years old. Some say they kept Davy alive by all means necessary. They were buying organs off the black market, which seems nutty. 
But before he actually pieced out, the dude had six heart transplants. So if you're not getting hearts off the black market, where else you'd be getting them from, right? But then again, remember the Rockefeller Foundation owns all these medical institutions and have funded many medical labs who conducted many research studies. So who's to say David didn't just call up a doctor and ask them for a heart? There was also a rumor that came about on David's deathbed that they were infusing him with children's blood to keep him alive longer. Some people think that he would just straight up steal babies out of hospitals and drink their blood like Madonna, you know. <laughs> he might have. He might have. Then there's this cult leader who is named David Ick. Despite not being the most reliable dude, he claimed that the Rockefellers lived so long because they were lizard people in disguise. Ancient lizard people. Which in some ways I can metaphorically agree with. Today, much of the family's wealth has been locked up in the family's trust. It's not to say everyone's not very well taken care of, but the family's wealth is still under complete control of the male members of the dynasty, and namely through the family office. It's said when Senior passed on, he took concealment to the next level. Not even his descendants would know the family's entire net worth. Okay? Family members would receive allowances only and were never even given half the responsibility for the family's dynasty or empire. It was spread out amongst family members and partners. And thank God, because could you imagine if Senior's evil grandson, David, got his hands on the entire fortune? He would have destroyed the world by now. Gosh. The New Age family has found more means in other creative ways, not only with their own business ventures, but... They were also another elite family who agreed to some very smart strategic marriages. I mentioned the union between the other owners of the Federal Reserve, but there were many more instances. One Rockefeller Standard Oil partner was Edward Harkness, whose family came to control Chemical Bank. Another was James Stillman, whose family controlled Manufacturers Hanover Trust. Both banks have merged under the J.P. Morgan Chase umbrella. Two of James Stillman's daughters married two of William Rockefeller's sons. The two families control a big chunk of Citigroup now. <laughs> it goes on just like that. And we have the insurance business. The Rockefellers control Metropolitan Life, Equitable Life, Prudential, and New York Life. Rockefeller banks control 25% of all assets of the 50 largest U.S. commercial banks and 30% of all assets of the 50 largest insurance companies. A fun fact about insurance companies. The first in the U.S. was launched by the Freemasons through their Woodmans of America. Other companies still under Rockefeller control include, shit, Exxon, Mobil, Chevron, Texaco, BP Amico, Marathon Oil, Freeport McMorrin, Quaker Oats, Asarco, United, Delta, Northwest, which my daddy used to work for before it was absorbed by Delta. <laughs> they own ITT, International Harvester with JP Morgan, hey. Xerox, Boeing, Westinghouse, Hewlett Packard, Honeywell, some of the biggest arms manufacturers in the United States. They own international paper, pretty much all media networks, Motorola, Pfizer, 
and general foods. I bet these f***ers own Kroger too. I bet. I bet they do somehow. And if all that doesn't have y'all shaking in your boots, I don't know what will. Because between the Rothschilds, the DuPonts, the Morgans, and these guys now, they virtually own every big name or brand that you or I could think of. Oh, and the cherry on top. Many also believe the Rockefellers play a key role in the Bermuda drug money shuffle. So not only are they blatantly ruling over our air quotes capitalistic world, but they'll also be responsible for the inner workings of illegal money laundering and drug running. Yay. It was estimated David Rockefeller was worth $3 billion at the time of his death in 2017. However, conspiracists estimate closer to $11 trillion. The main Rockefeller family home is a hulking complex in upstate New York known as Pocon- Pocantico. I can't get that one. Pocantico Hills. They also own a 32-room Fifth Avenue duplex in Manhattan, a mansion in Washington, D.C., Monte Sacro Ranch in Venezuela, coffee plantations in Ecuador, several farms in Brazil, an estate at Seal Harbor, Maine, and resorts in the Caribbean, Hawaii, and Puerto Rico. The last thing I wanted to share with all of you was something I found a little too humorous. (laughs) The supposed Rockefeller curse. Maybe because I like cliche, kindergarten, golden, like you get what you give. Um, But many extended family members of the Rockefeller clan claim their family is cursed for all their ancestors' wrongdoing, considering they've had numerous family members face unfortunate, untimely deaths. Like Winifred Rockefeller Emini and her two daughters were found dead in their garage from carbon monoxide poisoning, a suspected homicide and murderer. And there was Michael Rockefeller who got eaten by cannibals by the Asmat tribe in New Guinea. John D. Rockefeller III died in a car crash and his brother died of a heart attack. There was even Richard Rockefeller, Davy's son, who died in a plane crash in 2014 and so on. It makes you wonder. And like, I hate to say karma, but when you help fund the f***ing Nazis and supply them with gasoline and oil, I think you're definitely in the f***ing evil category. Am I right? David Rockefeller Jr. Yes, there's another one. Now sits at the helm of the Rockefeller dynasty. He's 80 years old. So I'm sure he got kids and grandkids and great grandkids. And that dynasty is just never going to end. They're probably all going to be John's and all David's. Bible names. Do your own research and let me know what you find out about that guy. Yeah, that's the story on the Rockefellers. From one man who went from rags to riches to a power-hungry, world-dominating puppet master. The writing for this episode nearly killed me because there's just so, 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 so much out there, like I said about these guys. So do your own digging. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If so, make my day. Please like and subscribe to the podcast for a shout out. And you can find us over on social media under Hard Talks Podcast, or you can shoot me an email at hardtalkswithbnh at gmail.com. But until next time, you guys, keep thinking unlimited and stay weird. Bye.